I kind of feel like this is the Debbie show for some reason tonight. Way too much talking. Way too much tonight. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Um, yeah, I feel like I've done a whole lot of talking. Um, thank you for all coming. I know Amy always thanks you guys, but I always appreciate seeing you guys. It's just nice to see you. It's not just to count bodies, I want you to know. You know, I miss you guys when you're not here. And I do care about you. So, anyway, does anybody remember what the theme has been over the last couple of weeks? One simple four-letter word? Self. Yes. All right. So we're going to kind of continue in, in that same theme a little bit about that um, tonight. Um, I want to make the point, obviously, you know, I'm intelligent enough to know that not everybody who walks through this door, not everyone who comes in to see why I am is a follower of Christ. Obviously, it'd be pretty naive to think that, it, that I were. Um, I'm sure that there's some people who don't believe at all that they were created by God. They probably think there's some part in their minds in the back of it that truly thinks that we've evolved from some monkey or something somewhere. Some of you who probably believe that if this life doesn't work out, that you might get another one. You know, you might have some sort of thing in your back of your mind thinking, well, you know, I don't really know this whole reincarnation type thing. You know, maybe there's something to it. And I'm sure some of you out there really think, you know, that Jesus might be a great guy. But I really don't know for sure if I really truly believe that Jesus is the only way to get to heaven. You know, you might think it's a path. And then we tell you it's the only path. You think it's probably a, a crack. I think the saddest thing for me, though, to be honest with you, is the saddest thing for me to, to think about after the seven years of doing this is that how many people would still believe those things and still, if I asked them, they would say they're a Christian. They would still label themselves a believer or a Christian. I think that's probably the hardest part for me sometimes is, you know, you kind of are trying to make sense of it all. You know, what is this? How is this all relate? How does it work out? And, you know, you try to wrap your mind around it and, around it and you know, kind of see, try to see where they're coming from. Why is it that they believe these things? Why is it that they aren't in tune with the truth? And a lot of times, you know, I, I try to see where they're coming from, but I'll be honest with you, all I can see is where they're headed and where they're going to, and it's hell. Because there's a lot to be said for what we really truly believe compared to what, we, you know, and we have to live it. It can't just be words. It has to be our actions and deep down in our heart. So um, people that don't necessarily believe in Jesus Christ as the Son of God and believe that what he did for us to die and to be forgiven of our sins and, and all this, have you ever thought or have you ever thought, if you are a believer, if you ever stop to think, but what these people that don't believe it, what if they're wrong? You know, I, I look sometimes and I think, you know what? I think we all have moments of doubt. I think that you're just human nature. You're bound to have moments of doubt. And I think that we'd be crazy if we th could ever say that, you know, none of us have ever doubted. I mean, I don't care how much I love Jesus with all my heart. There's still moments that you think, what if? What if this isn't true? What if this was, like, all made up? You know, I'd rather be in my position. <laughs> I believe that he's real, but I'd rather live a life that's worthy and then find out that I was right or wrong than to be a person who didn't believe and then find out what their alternative and their eternity is going to be. 
Um, I definitely believe that Jesus is real. I felt him. I've seen him. I, I mean, felt and seen him in people's lives and and people changing. <clears throat> so I think that it's true. But you know, you think about what if God did create us? You know, what if the God that created the heavens and the earth created us? And what if this is the one and only life that you get to lead? And what if this is the only path is Jesus Christ? And you've got all these people out there that say they believe things and then their lives don't match up. So I want to talk to you a little bit about um, the scripture reference tonight. It's going to be from 2 Timothy 3. And uh, I'm going to read to you out of the New Living Translation. But no matter what you read in whatever translation, you're going to kind of get where I'm going with this. And what it is is it's kind of a continuation. Still with that mindset of self. And uh, it talks in 2 Timothy, it says 3, 1 through 5, it says, In the last days there will be very difficult times, for people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God. We know scoffing is making fun of, mocking. Disobedient to their parents and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride, and love pleasure rather than God. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. Stay away from people like that. I really, really hope you get what I'm trying to tell you tonight. Cause I, 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 a lot of times I walk away and I think, man, I just beg and plead with God that one of you gets it. That one of you, somebody gets it and the light bulb turns on. This book is, this Bible is an awesome Bible. If you've never had the Full Life Study Bible, I'm going to tell you, great Bible. But I, I'm going to kind of talk to you a little bit what Donald Stamps, the guy that uh, actually wrote all the study parts in the Bible tonight, has to say about some of the things that are written here. He talks about what it's going to be life. It, life is going to be like at the end, when the end approaches, when it starts to take place, when all the things start to happen. And we know God's word tells us that there's going to be those signs that we're going to notice. And, and all the things really that has to take place before Jesus comes back has, has really already happened. It's really just a matter of timing now. I mean, he, he promises he's coming back for those faithful followers. He says that in God's word, and I believe it. And uh, at the end, though, there's going to be certain things that are going to start to take place, and this is the kind of mindset you're going to have from people. And he says that there's going to be more and more wickedness in the world, more of a collapse of moral standards, the, more, the morality of people, people wanting to be good, is going to change. There's going to be more and more false believers, more and more false churches that are going to be out there and they're not going to be preaching the truth. And that it's going to be a really crazy, hard time for a person who's a true follower of Christ to live in. And uh, like I said, we've been talking about self. And self is such a big problem. You know, we talked the first couple of weeks and I, you know, we kind of made it more lighthearted. Um, talking about selfishness and i said a lot of times there's people that they they walk around they're selfish like you know it's all about me you know they're that saying you'll see those t-shirts you know it's all about me and it's great people might you know make fun and just joke and tease with them but i told you what god's word says god's word says selfishness is ugly in his eyes he hates it he thinks it's ugly and i was joking around and i said you know you may think it's cute but god says that you g-l-y you ain't got no alibi you're ugly that's what he says so then last week I talked to you about the fact of self-control and um, how the scripture verse, 1 Peter 5, 8 says, be self-controlled and alert because your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to destroy. I tried to make the point last week to tell you that if you don't practice self-control, 
If you're a person that lets yourself get involved in every situation, you don't ever make a standard, you don't put boundaries up in your life, and you don't practice self-control, it is just going to be a short matter of time before you're going to be dead meat. You're not going to make it. You're going to fall victim to the enemy. And like I said, this tonight, the same scripture is going to go through all these sins, really, that have at the root of them self, selfishness, self-motivation. Um, it's this idea of pride in all these different things that are going to come out of this. You know, um, people who are going to think only about, like, what, how far they get ahead in life and, and uh, how people really help them or, or if they don't help them, they're cut off. They don't want nothing to do with them. So the scripture shows us an accurate picture of the way it's going to be when these last days happen. And, and I can see pretty much in my own self, and I'm, I'm hoping that you guys are smart enough to understand when I read that. I'm sure that most of you can see that this is already starting to take place. I mean, you can see this mindset that's going on. I mean, I think it's not real hard to see people being boastful and proud, scoffing at God. I hear it all the time. Disobedient, ungrateful, people that don't consider anything sacred, nothing of God matters, unloving, unforgiving, slanderous people, have no self-control, cruel, hate what is good, betraying their friends, reckless, puffed up with pride, love pleasure rather than God, acting religious. You can see all this is taking place already. This isn't something we have to wait for. We're seeing that's already going on. This is what's going on today. So it's not, it's not hard to see that this is what's the picture of today. And uh, I, the main point I want to make tonight is that this isn't just in the world of, of unbelievers. This is also in churches, throughout churches all over the place. The same mindset, this, this attitude of self. And uh, <clears throat> one thing I've realized in the Illinois Valley is this is an area that's, man, a lot of religion. A lot of religion in, in the Illinois Valley, but not a whole lot of people have a relationship with God. It's definitely more religion and this idea of doing things, not really truly following God, but it's, and it, it's all denominations. You know, sometimes I think we kind of get hung up on a certain denomination and say, well, that's the one that does that. They get so involved in religion. I see it in all religions. I see it in all denominations. I see it in assemblies of God. It becomes a religious mindset, a thing of doing things instead of really doing things because you love Jesus Christ. And there is a difference. There's a difference between religion and relationship. You know, I'm sure that you've probably seen some of the things that we've had out before. Or you've seen people's, you know, wearing a shirt that says, you know, re religion destroys. I was with Shelby one time when she was wearing the shirt that said religion destroys, and the people that looked at her like she was honestly like Satan herself, and, you know, because they don't understand what she's trying to make the point. It's religion is not going to work. You know, religion is was something that you do over and over and over again because you've always done it. It's a habit. It's a custom. It's a mindset, you know. It's going to the same church that you've always gone to just because your mom and dad have always done it. Not because it means anything to you, but because your mom and dad go there. You know, it's your Sunday sacrificial attending that you're doing, you know, because it's expected out of you that you have to go. So it's religion. It just becomes religion. Um, it's the mindless. Some denominations, it's the mindless, and it's no different, even in somebody's God. Sometimes the standing up, the sitting down, the kneeling, the doing the things that, you know, you do just because everyone else is doing them. It doesn't mean anything to you. It just becomes religion. But relationship is something altogether different. 
I kind of was thinking about how this, when I was writing this, I was thinking about like, I kind of look at religion as something you do, but relationship is the reason why we do it. It's all the reasoning. What's the point? You know, what's the point behind it? Um, if you're a person who's just practicing religion, it's not enough. God's not pleased with it. God's not pleased with me to be here and doing this if it's just out of compulsion, like I feel like I have to do it. Every Wednesday I come up here, if I just did it because I felt like I had to, you know, it was something that was expected of me, he wouldn't be pleased. It's because he desires me to teach you the truth, and I would want to do it because I love him, that it's relationship. So God never intends us to be mindlessly religious at all, just forever just doing the same things out of the sake of doing them. He, he really doesn't like that. As a matter of fact, Jesus called those people hypocrites all the time, those people that were religious, the Pharisees. He called them hypocrites, and what that meant in those days was that they were just actors. A hypocrite was an actor. So how many of us just mindlessly do the things that we're doing all the time and are just acting apart? You know, we think that we have to look a certain way or we have to be a certain way or go to a church and stand up, sit down, do all these things because other people, it's expected and it becomes religion and we're just acting. I don't want to be an actor. Jesus is a personal God. I'm going to tell you, he wants us to show him the reasons why we worship him. It's way more to it than just doing things. But why are we doing it? See, Jesus never looks at us like what we're doing. I think he always looks at our heart anyway. That's why sometimes people get hung up on this idea of like what they wear and what they do and how well they look at church. And stuff like, that. like I said, I'm not even sure he sees us that way. I'm not even sure he even cares. I think he honestly sees us in such a time difference, like, you know, where we are in the here and now, where we, you know, yesterday was the past, tomorrow's the future. God's word says that he sees us from start to finish. He already knows what's going to happen. What's amazing is that he allows us to do anything for him, and he already knows the screws up, screw up we are, you know? We constantly fail over and over again. So people have done religion for years and years, and a lot of nothing has ever changed in their lives. You know, nothing has ever changed any better for themselves you know, people that have done something, you ever watch some of these people? They're like 50-some years old. Nothing has changed in their life. They're just as mediocre or as bad as they've always been. But yet, man, oh, man, I want my kids and my grandkids to go to the same place I go and do the same things I did so they can turn out just as crappy as I have. What's the point? What is the point? You know, they might go to church but because of religion and not relationships, they can't handle life. They can't handle what life's even throwing at them. There's, you know, tough times are coming, and they fall victim to every single thing that the enemy throws at them. Anything that can possibly trip them up, they're tripping over and they're falling down. And just like God's word said, with self-control, they're dead meat. You know, they're, they're just ate up. They're not making it because it's religion, not relationship. You know, the faith, it's just faulty. There's not faith really in Jesus Christ as a relationship, but it's just religion. It's like a denomination is going to save them or a certain person. A certain person isn't going to make a bit of difference. As much as I love you guys, you can't hold on to me. It has to be Jesus Christ. As much as you might love your church, your church isn't going to get you to heaven. 
It's your relationship with Jesus Christ that's going to get you to heaven. It has to be bigger than what we make it. You know, we have this tunnel vision, this, this idea sometimes, and we just don't get it. You know, a lot of people, like I say, these people that have this faulty faith and they're wrapped up in religion, they, they fall, start falling for all these false senses of security because they don't have this confidence that comes with being a true believer and loving Jesus Christ and feeling his presence in us and in our lives all the time. They don't have that, so they start to fall victim to all these things in life that happens. And they, they start to get this sense of security from like stuff like psychics. How many people do you know that are religious that read horoscopes, psychics, um, play the lottery, involved in money schemes, anything they can do to try to make a buck? You know, how many of them um, tell their kids they're so wrapped up in religion that they all, all they tell is their kids all the time, or you might have seen, maybe you get told this, that it's all about having the best education all the time and getting that best college degree and getting that great job. You know, that's what's going to make a difference in your life. That's what you're going to make. You're going to be happy if you get that. Or they think that a normal, everyday human being that walks the face of this earth is going to be able to take a place that God can take and fill. I'm going to tell you, as much as I love my husband and I love my kids, they can't ever fill the hole that Jesus Christ put in me. They don't, it doesn't work. It doesn't work at all. You know, but people with religion keep trying to stuff this hole inside of themselves that believe, belongs to Jesus Christ, and they keep trying to stuff it with things that are going to make them happy, and it's just about religion and not relationship. And then, when all those things don't work, because I, I was there, um, thought I had it, thought it was like the husband, the kids, the dog, the house, all these different things that I thought was going to be great, when that didn't work, what ends up happening with people a lot of times is they start to self-medicate. They realize these things aren't working. I'm not happy. I'm not, it's not working for me. Religion's not enough. So what happens is they start doing all these things. <clears throat> like <clears throat> alcohol, drugs, food. Start having sex with everybody, men and women. You know, trying to find something to make them happy. A momentary grasp of pleasure, but it doesn't be long-term. They start to be really concerned, wrapped up with money. Building the bank account. You know, got to get that money, and that's their focus. Or they try to get the best job. The perfect job given to them. And that's what's going to make their difference. That's what's going to make them happy. Or they find things to start distracting them, like trying to be good enough, trying to be liked more. Uh, they try to get their self-worth from causes or, or, you know, politics. Some people really, really get wrapped up. I love politics. I absolutely love it. I love politics. I am a political junkie. I probably watch it all the time. But I balance it with the fact that I love Jesus Christ and he's first. But some people, that becomes their God. You can see people. You can watch people in the world. You can see what becomes their, their God and their life. And it's because of a religion mindset, this mindset not of a relationship with Christ, but a religious mindset. And I'm, I'm talking about people. I mean, the world is messed up. There's some people out there who have nothing. But I'm, I'm really mainly talking about these people that who think 
they're going to heaven. They really think that they're pleasing God in some way. And that's what I really want to get through to you because it's not enough for you to be the person that sits there and says, well, I believe in Jesus Christ. Like I said, believing's not enough. It has to be more than that. It can't just be out of your mouth. It's got to be a choice you make every day, and it's got to be a mindset and a heart set. It's what it's got to be. <clears throat> so they get their worth from politics or causes, or, or I'm sure you've seen this. I'm sure you probably know some of these people. I do. They go to church so much that they start to do all these good works for God. You know, well, I'm going to go, and I'm going to work the nursery, and, you know, I'm going to start, you know, volunteer, and I'm going to start doing stuff. You know, I'm going to go work at the food pantry, or, and I'm going to do this because if I do this, then God surely is going to be pleased with me. He's going to be happy with me. And it's not going to happen because all that stuff God's Word says, obedience is better than sacrifice. Your time, your money, your life is never going to be worth being obedient to the commandments that God set before you. That's what he desires, is relationship. And I'm going to kind of go into that more, why that is sometimes we can't get in a true relationship with Christ because there's more to it than just our decisions and our words. It's more so our actions and our mindset. These people, like I said, they're not hard to see. <clears throat> Their faith is faulty. And if you've ever met somebody like that that's religious, you can sense it's faulty. You know it's faulty. Because you know what? They're praising God and it's dull. It has nothing backing it up. As they're saying, you know, God is good, it's like empty words, flat, nothing there. And uh, their witness, weak. There's nothing that makes you want to go to Christ by listening to them. Because their witness is weak. And them telling other people about Jesus Christ is an outright joke. It's an outright joke. Because they have nothing to back it up. So Paul paints for us in those texts. He actually says what happens is this is what happens with people with the mindset of religion and not relationship. He says that the problem with only having religion and relationship is that it, it's going to show in them. And in the long run, it's going to be their undoing because they're going to have no influence on a dying world. And what God's word says is that when we understand, when we accept it, when we really understand the, the call of Christ, which is for us to be saved, it's not just up to us to just take that and hold on to it and guard it and pet it and treat it nice. It's supposed to be, you know what, you go off and you're like, here, this is the message for Christ for, is for everybody. If I love you, I'm going to tell you what needs to happen in your life. This is what worked for me. You know, when I can tell somebody my testimony, and I think that's something that we really need to work on, is our testimony is powerful. Because when we can tell people what the difference Christ made in us, you know, I've told you before with my life, you know, with the, maybe the, you know, the idea of not really having a dad that really, I felt like really loved me and cared for me. When I came to Christ, it was a, a knowledge and an understanding that I truly felt like I finally had a father that loved me so much, that was so pleased with me and was happy with me and cared about me. I mean, it was just that hole, that God-shaped hole was filled inside of me. The problem is there's so many people out there that really don't have a testimony because it's religion. It's not relationship. They've never grasped what it is that God filled inside of them. What did he do for you specifically? Think about your own salvation. If you're saved, if you claim the Christ, if you claim that you're saved, there has to be something that he made a difference in your life about. 
What did he change in you? What did he make different in you? What did he make you feel fulfilled about? If you can't pick up on that, I want you to stop and think if you're just really practicing religion and you really don't have the relationship you think you do. There's no point in us doing this every single week. If you don't get what I'm trying to say to you, you have to get it. What's the point? You know, what if you spend 60, 70 years doing this and you get to the end and God's word says, and God's like, you weren't even meaning it. It was religion. I mean, you might have just been the heathen you wanted to be. (laughs) What's the point? I don't understand this mindset with people. So it also, you know, the thing with people with religion and not relationships, they have some major things in common. And I want to kind of go through a couple of them with you. What the people with religion get involved with. And I think we can probably see if you've watched people that claim that they're following God, but yet you know things aren't matching up. You kind of can see these are the themes that kind of run through. They refuse to follow the word of God. They refuse it. You know, they basically don't want to listen to it, don't want to study it, don't want to read it, don't want nothing to do with it. And, you know, basically reading it, following it, not going to happen. And uh, I have never had anybody argue with me about the word of God that knew much of the Bible. Because they don't know it. They don't read it. They've never understood it. They've never paid attention to it. You know, they'll argue about it, but they really don't know it because they haven't really studied for themselves. You know, I'm, I've told, I've, I've talked to a couple people around here, and they told me that um, <clears throat> some denominations tell their people in their churches that it's not necessary for you to read the Word of God yourself, that you just can count on somebody else to read it for you and just, you know, they can drop these little nuggets on you and that's good enough. I'm going to tell you that's never going to make it. It's never going to make it. It's not enough for you to come up here on a Wednesday night and listen to me read some scripture verses for you and think you're getting something out of it and you're going to just change your life. It won't happen. It's crumbs. God's word says, eat. Eat the manna. Fill yourself with it. If you're not eating on it every single day, you're not going to make it. So you have to read God's word. You have to know what God's word says. So if you've been told this, that it's not necessary for you to read your, your, the Bible, it's not going to make a difference, I want you to know they lied to you. That's not what it says in God's word. That's not at all what it says. Uh, not, a, not a bit. It's an absolute lie. Don't fall victim to that. And Revelation 19.13 says when Jesus returns to the earth, it says at the end... In those last days, it says when Jesus comes back for his faithful followers, because, you know, the second coming of Christ, he says he's going to be dressed in a robe dipped in blood, and his name is the Word of God. This is Jesus Christ. I'm going to tell you, he is the Word of God. That's where it says in the beginning, John, it says in the beginning was the Word of God. He was, he is the Word of God. That's why you have to understand reading the word of God is so important because it is taking in Jesus. When you read it, you're taking in Christ. So God wants us to know the word of God. He wants us to know Jesus. Obviously, if he had his own son die for us, don't you think he wants us to know it, pay attention to it, read it? We should be familiar with it. Obviously, people who are religious, they don't follow it. And that, there's a scripture that says that, and I, I actually didn't have time to look it up because that was a crazy day, but it says the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. I think that's the part where it talks about some scriptures will say that, you know, that a lot of people will go towards scripture and people that will tickle their ears, basically just tell them things that they want to hear. 
You know, if you look at what endure is, endure is to put up with something, to accept it, to go along with it. Doctrine, obviously, is teaching. So to put up with sound doctrine, teaching, to accept it. You know, but a lot of people that are religious, they don't want to follow a God that's going to, in a word, and Jesus Christ is going to point out their flaws. They just want to go along with things the way they are. Status quo, just keep going on. Because you know what, if you don't feel good enough, you might have to change, right? So it's just easier just to be religious. Let's not read what's going to convict us. So, you know, a lot of times <clears throat> what you'll have in churches with religious people is you're going to hear them talking, a minister, someone who's been given the opportunity from God to stand before you. And I've told you before, if I don't tell you the word of God, I have to be judged way harsher because God tells me in God's his word that it's serious. It says not everybody should teach because if you're not up to the call, you shouldn't do it because you're going to be judged harsher. So the thing is, these ministers are given this opportunity. They're given a podium. They're given a congregation. And instead of talking about the word of God and the fact that Jesus is coming back and there's a heaven and there's a hell and there is repentance, forgiveness, they instead talk about global warming, feeding the homeless, all these different things. It's like you're missing the point. You know what? If, you, if I want you to feel good about the, the world, you know, you can get that anywhere. But you have to take it serious that you're supposed to, as a minister, a person who is called to do and practice God's word, you're supposed to tell people that. I think it's great what people can do for the world. But I'm not going to get up here and try to make you all feel good and pat you on the back because you can give five bucks to homeless people. I'm not going to tell you that that's it. That's not what's going to save your soul. That's not what's going to work in the long run. So these people that do this, they sit in these churches, and this is the kind of mindset, this is the things that they hear. You know, they, they just make out God to make it be something that they just want, something to make them happy. You know, they have everything that their little hearts desire. And, and think about, you know, a God who says, and then think about a God who says that we need to change and be forgiven and repent and start to put him first in our lives. And they don't want to think about that part of it. So what if... God is real, and he really means what he says. That all these things that he says, he really, truly means them. Stop and think about it. If God is really real, and if God is really true, and what his word says, where does that leave you tonight if you have or haven't accepted Jesus Christ? Where does it leave you? Like I said, man, there are so many people who are not going to heaven. They're not going. I mean... It's said in the Bible many times, three-quarters of people aren't going to make it. You know, people with religion, a lot of times in churches, what they are is they're the ones who run to these conferences. Every time there's a conference, they go to the conference. Every time there's a seminar, they're at the seminar. Every time there's a teaching, they say they're going to go, and they're going to try to go get a word, but yet they don't pick up God's word and read it for themselves. It's always about having somebody tell them something, the new thing. It's a new book. You know, for a while back and years ago, it was the prayer of Jabez. Everybody's, oh, prayer of Jabez. Everybody's doing that. But nobody's reading the scripture verse. It becomes all this mindset of religion and following everybody like sheep than it is really truly getting the word of God. There's a lot of people in religion that go off and buy every tape or book or something that they can get just so they can get this like knowledge and this revelation from God instead of, hey, how about you actually just bow your knee and you pray? And ask God yourself for something. And you know what? God has been faithful to me. He showed that he answers prayer. But you just have to spend the time. 
You have to do the things that are going to work. So relationship is going to involve getting to know the one that you have the relationship with. Obviously. Every one of you guys that have ever had a relationship, regardless if I think it's good or not, you know that relationships require intimacy. They require more. If you want something to succeed, you have to have closeness, you have to have familiarity. So with a relationship with Christ, you can't love Christ from afar. You can't say that you love Christ and not read his word and not take in Jesus Christ. You can't do those things. They don't match up. It's just all about religion if that's what you're doing. Obviously, those people too, the religious people, man, they love doing what's wrong. (laughs) They love it. They're not ready to change. They love sin. They love the world. Alice has on the shirt tonight talking about being an alien. We know as believers, it says the the, the world's not our home. Heaven is our home. We're passing through. And but the world pleases us easy. As a believer, as a true follower of Christ, this world has a lot to offer us, and it's a distraction. But if you're practicing religion, you're never going to make it. Because I'm going to tell you, even in relationship, it is a struggle every day not to get wrapped up and distracted by the world. Like I said, 2 Timothy, you know, it's talking about the fact that there's all these different things that are going to start to take place. You know, I I, I truly... I really, truly don't believe. And last night I said it after prayer just because, honestly, it's been on my heart so much lately. I truly don't believe that you're saved if you haven't turned away from your sins. I truly do not believe one bit that you're saved. I don't want anybody walking out of here deceived thinking that you can just say the words that I believe in Jesus and never change and think you're saved. I don't believe it happens. If you repent, you're going to turn from your sins and you're going to turn to God. You can't do one without the other. You know, you can't repent and not go closer to God. And you can't go closer to God without repenting. They both work hand in hand. You have to remember that. So this idea and this mindset thinking that you're going to go closer to God and it's like, but I don't have to give up my sin. I want you to understand the big picture. And this is what I want you to understand about religion and why it's so important with your faith and, and all these different things. Sin is a barrier. Have you ever listened to something like white noise? You know, you can't hear something sometimes. You hear all this white noise, it's all this distraction and, and stuff like this. That, you know, you're, there's a buzz of a sound and you, you're trying to listen for one little word and you can't hear it because there's this buzz in the air. You know, the thing is with us, with God's word, the reason why some of us don't ever hear from God and we don't ever have God talk to us or do anything is because our sin is what stops it from happening. It's a barrier. You're, God can't hear us, we can't hear him. God's word says he hears the prayers of a righteous person. So when you constantly throw out prayers, and if you really don't mean them, and you're not even repenting, and if you're a sinful person, don't expect God to hear your prayers. I'm not going to lie to you guys, because I really believe that what's happening with churches is so many people sit there and say, well, you know what, they watch you be a heathen, do all this rotten stuff, they know you're doing all these things, and then they come in, and they're sitting there, and they're like, you know, well, let's just pray. Well, you know what, God didn't hear your prayers. That's why I said a couple times I've told people, it's like my life starts falling apart and there's people sick in my life and all these different things. I'm going to tell you, I tell on everybody because I'm not counting on one or two people that I think are supposedly godly enough. Who knows? Maybe they're not even following after God. It's like I'm going to cut my chances and I'm going to tell everybody so maybe there's a couple righteous people out there that might get a prayer to heaven. I truly believe that. 
I'm like, I'm going to tell everybody. If I'm going through something, it's like, believe me, everybody, please start praying for me because I'm hoping that one of you out there has got a, a blameless enough heart that actually your prayers are going to make it. I'll tell you, I really have a hard time. Sin is a barrier. It keeps you out of the presence of God. It keeps you out. He can't hear your prayers because he is holy. God is holy. He is not going to be in the sewer with you. He's not. He's not with you when you're seeing filth. He's not with you when you're in the backseat of a car. He's not with you then. He's not. Because he's holy. You can't make God into something that you want him to be. He's holy and pure. He's God. The creator of heaven and earth. The creator of you. Don't try to push him in the mud all the time. He's not going to be a part of it. You know, I have a really, really hard time with people who pretend to be fathers. I take it personally. I really, really, truly do. I really take it personally. I have a hard time with it. I know that there are times where I probably come across extremely harsh. I tell you, I really take it so serious because I absolutely love Jesus with all my heart. And I watch some people and I think, man, you are mocking my God. Don't mock my God. Don't make him into something that he's not. He's not going to sit there and just take all your garbage and then listen for you to utter a prayer. Your prayer meant nothing, nothing, unless you truly think you're going to change and you're going to repent. I just, I don't see it. I don't see making a mockery out of God all the time. My God, the one I serve, he's blindingly pure. He's holy. He's perfect. You know, he expects purity. He doesn't expect perfection, but he expects you to be trying and seeking after to be blameless and pure and holy and asking for forgiveness when you do something wrong. God knows I am not perfect, but he knows my heart is to strive for perfection. That's what I try to do. You know, this is why he noticed people like Job. This is why he noticed. He says the enemy was out there, and he, God says, hey, Look at, my, look at my servant Job. You know, because Job was called blameless. He noticed people like David. He noticed those people that truly loved God with all their heart. Don't you want him to notice you? I'm going to tell you, I don't want to be religious and live this life of mediocrity and never have a God that knows me. I don't want that. I, don't, I, don't, I want God to really know who Deb is. Because I want to know who God is, and I want us to know each other. It has to be a relationship. It has to be intimate. It has to be real and relational. That's what it's about. You know, if you're truly looking for love and acceptance, it's going to come with a price. It's going to come with the price of you changing, asking for forgiveness, and you actually making a choice every single day that I'm not going to do this this day. And you know what? It's going to get easier every day. It's going to get easier. The things that you've said no to, the next day is going to be a little tiny bit easier. Next day, a little bit, you're going to get more strength. But you're going to have to turn from sin. You're going to have to to make it work. But like I said, that scripture verse, it says at the end, it says they will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. Stay away from people like that. The rejection is the Holy Spirit. Out of the sin, Holy Spirit can't stay inside of us. Can't make God stand to be tied to something that's dirty. People who don't want to read and follow God's word and are in love with the world, they're missing a very important thing. They're missing the 
key point, which is the Holy Spirit. And uh, it's key. If you have never, ever asked for the Holy Spirit, I mean, accepting Jesus as your Savior, you receive a gift from God. It's the Holy Spirit. It's a deposit of the Holy Spirit. But you know what? Seek after the Holy Spirit. Ask the Holy Spirit to make himself real to you. Show that he's real. Ask for things, and he'll start to show you these gifts that he can give you, and he's going to give you more power to fight the battle of living in a, a sinless world. I mean, a, a sinful world. You know, that's what's going to have, have to take place. You're going to have to ask for help. So uh, you really have to change. You know, I'm going to tell you, it's, it's not going to work. It, it's not going to work. You know, what if you're wrong about God? What if you live this mindset of religion and fakeness and phoniness? Understand if you're fake and phony, you're just going to repeat that. Someday when you have kids, you're going to be, they're just going to be just as fake and phony. And you know what? You're going to hope that your kids are following God. Even if you haven't done it, you're going to hope that your kids do because you know what I tell you? It is a joy to know that your kids are found after God and they mean it because it's like you know the world's falling apart and you just want them so much to stay on that right path. But you've got to think about the things that really make a difference. Start to think about your life and the choices you're making. What kind of influence do you have? If you're religious, you're not getting anybody else to go to heaven. If you have a relationship, your body, your words, you back, each other, you back it up. You got something to offer people. So I want to pray for you. Seriously, I really want you to think about it. You know, every time what happens is you guys walk in, you listen, and you're great. I love you. But I pray to God that he haunts you. I really do. I pray the Holy Spirit just is all over you, and you can't even stand to walk away without really feeling the feeling of like wanting to please the, a God that died for you. Regardless if you accept it or not, he did. Not one of you is out there that he didn't die for. So I'm going to pray for you. If you honestly, like I say, when you're at night by yourself, if you have said the words before that you've accepted Jesus and you haven't followed and it's been more religious, if you've never done it, just ask God to forgive you. Start to say you're going to put him first. Change. Make that number one priority in your life and you will be amazed at the joy it gives you over time. It's not easy. But it's, it's the best thing in the world that you could do. Well, Lord, I just thank you for tonight. I just thank you, Father, for everything, Lord God, that you're doing for each person that's here. Lord, I know that you're a personal God, and each person that's here, you care for them. You love them. You're involved in their daily life. Lord, we know it's you that's always next to him. It's only them that walks away and, and denies you and, and pulls away. And I just pray, Father, that you would help each person that's here, Lord, come closer. I just pray, Father, that you would start to soften their hearts, Lord, the things that they've become hardened about, uh, cold to. Lord, if they're doing things out of religion and not relationship, I pray, Father, that you would just make them so convicted of it, Lord, that you would challenge them. Lord, if they're serving in some capacity in church, Lord, and they're doing it just out of religion, I just pray, Father, that you show them that. I just pray, Father, that you would really start to work on their hearts, Lord. Help them to understand that you're a God that loves them and wants to be close to them. I just pray for each person here, Lord, that they cannot leave without feeling your presence. And, Lord, I just pray that you just go home with them, Lord, that they would call out your name. I just pray, Father, for each person here, Lord, for their salvation and for them to make it. And, Lord, I just thank you for your promises. I just thank you, Father, for helping me in my personal walk. Lord, we know it's hard. Every one of us who are really in a relationship with you struggle. This world is a tough place to be, and I just thank you, Father, for your help. And, Lord, we just ask all this in your precious son's name. And we just thank you for everything in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for coming.
Stick around for the theater if you guys can make it.